Hi, friends, and welcome to the Midwest Mompreneurs Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Snellen, and each week I am going to be sitting down to share honest conversations, real resources, and the tips to help you navigate motherhood and building a business at the same time. Let's be honest, it's not an easy journey when you want to do both, but it is possible. Let's get to it. Today's guest is a good one. I mean, who am I kidding? All of the guests I have lined up are so amazing, but I'm really excited to kick off these interviews with a mama that I have followed her journey for years. We've been friends for a long time, and at one point we even shared an office building together. Maddie Sanders is the owner of Madison Sanders Events, which is a high-profile wedding and event planning company based in Kansas City. She also has built her personal brand, which is Maddie Reed Sanders, where she is a beauty counter consultant, and she is paving the way to empower women to follow their own path and create multiple streams of income. She has two boys under the age of two, I seriously don't know how she does it, manages multiple businesses, and is just really an inspiring woman that I am so proud to have in my circle. Today we're chatting about everything from how to start a business to growing a team and even that it's okay to make pivots and shifts. I'm also excited for her to share her experiences taking a maternity leave as a business owner because this is something I struggled with personally. So we're diving into that and so much more. Get ready for a very value-packed podcast and I'm so thankful you guys are tuning in today. Hi guys, I am so excited to share amazing interviews with inspiring mamas that are based right here in the Midwest, that are running businesses, building brands, and they are also raising babies, some of them with multiple babies at very young ages. So I wanna just send a reminder that Give us grace. Audio is not always perfect. Sometimes there's a baby crying in the background or we have to take a little breather because something is going on behind the scenes. I am not a podcast editing pro. I'm getting there. Well, one step at a time. So just a reminder to give us grace, turn up the volume if you need to. And that is just, you know, what life is as a mompreneur. So get ready for an amazing episode featuring our guests. Hi, Maddie. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. You're actually my first interview, which is very exciting because I've watched your journey for so long and I'm so impressed by you. And I think you have so much knowledge and and relatable resources to share with women that are navigating motherhood and growing multiple businesses. So I would love if you could just kind of backtrack and share how you got started with your entrepreneurial journey. Sure. Yeah. So um, to give a little bit of background, I um, went to school at Texas Christian University, TCU, and um, that I am originally from the Kansas City area. So I am a Midwest girl at heart. I think I thought that I was a Southern girl. And so I needed to (laughs) move down South. Um, But I quickly found that like, home is where the heart is. And so when I graduated from college, I moved back home. Um, I started with a wedding planning firm in Kansas City when I first moved back and um, kind of dabbled in corporate events a little bit at the same time, but then was working with another firm um, 
and on their wedding planning clients. I've worked in retail spaces. Um, I had a lot of hobbies at the time where I was doing calligraphy and a little bit of blogging and um, just kind of making a lot of connections in my early 20s and had a lot of fun. My husband and I are both workaholics, I would say. And so we definitely like will pour ourselves into projects and it's very hard um, not to look at like a new hobby or a new thing that we're enjoying and try like we always are trying to find a way well how could this actually like make some revenue like how could we make money off of doing this that's just how our brains are wired so um i do struggle with probably just having hobbies instead of trying to turn everything into a business um let's see about Five and a half years ago now, I launched Madison Sanders Events, which is a luxury wedding and event planning company based in Kansas City. Um, we work with clients on full service weddings as well as event management, helping them to tie up the loose ends. Um, in that time since my business was born, I've also given birth to two baby boys. I've got Owen, who is two years old, and Drew, who is about, oh dear, 19 weeks or so. <laughs> it's really bad when you lose count with a second child, but. Um, so we've definitely had two under two for a little while. Um, I have also worked as um, an ambassador for Clean Beauty with Beauty Counter, um, which is a direct sales business and been able to kind of create another revenue stream there. Um, I've got a lot on my plate, but I love to stay busy. And um, in addition to that, I like to work out. I'm a big Orange Theory enthusiast. So it's kind of killing me that at this point in time um, with coronavirus, things are closed down and I'm having to try to figure out how to work out on my own but you know this too shall pass and hopefully we'll get back to normal soon okay you just covered so much and you yeah. started <laughs> your event planning business at such a young age same as me i started my business when i was 25 and i think that it's so impressive that you you took that leap so soon because you really only had that first professional job experience before you started Madison Sanders events. What made you decide to go for it? What were some of the things that you put into place before you left your corporate job to go off on your own? Sure, sure. So for me, I think one of the biggest things was um, I've always had entrepreneurial spirit. And so there was always this drive and this feeling of there, there has to be something more for me out there. Like I wanted to be able to work myself. I had watched my dad um, own a business for 20 years and I think I got to see the pros and the cons of that. I knew that every, all the work that I put in was going to be, or all the success that I could have and all the failures that I could have were going to be a direct correlation to the work that I was going to put in. Um, I think some things that I put into place prior to um, starting that journey were making a lot of network connections and making sure that my um, word of mouth referrals and my referral base was very strong. Because um, in the service industry, you really are running mostly on word of mouth referrals and hearing from great experiences from other people. So I uh, made a lot of professional connections in that first job. And then, um, I mean, there was, of course, just some foundational things that we had to set up. My husband and I had to make sure that our savings was prepared, that we had a full understanding of what taxes would look like and and how to handle um, the the idea that I wouldn't have benefits with this job, like I was going to have to pay for healthcare on my own, and um, kind of handle some of that. So we we had a lot of help, I guess, from family with having the background of being raised by entrepreneurs. But um, separate from that, I think it just was a lot of hard work, like putting your nose to the ground, making the connections, and um, 
preparing yourself like from a financial standpoint to be ready to take that leap. Yeah. And I've obviously seen you. We actually at one point shared an office building together. So I've seen your journey firsthand and I know how hard of a work you, worker you are. And I've always been inspired by that. Um, so you really built this very well-known brand for wedding planning in Kansas City. You've had high profile clients. You've worked with famous um, you know, local celebrities. Tell us what was that process like as you started to decide you wanted to grow a family and how you shifted your business? Sure, sure. So I would say that there was a pretty dramatic shift in my business. Like if I were to really look at it, it was pretty dramatic. And around around 2016, I made the decision to shift my pricing structure. So that seems like kind of an odd thing, um, but it was a huge um, change in the clientele that I was serving and then how my services were structured. So I went from kind of a flat fee pricing structure, which was a majority of the planners in Kansas City um, and really a majority of planners around the nation use. And I shifted to more of a percentage-based pricing structure. So with that, um, that sounds like a funny thing to make such a big deal in my business, but it really did shift me to working with more clients that were used to working with interior designers in their homes, architects when building their houses. Um, they were very familiar with my structure. And then in addition to changing the pricing, I completely overhauled the value that I was giving to clients. I wanted to create um, a business where I was working on fewer larger projects. So with that, um, more cash flow per event, smaller um, list of dates on my calendar, knowing that I was going to have a family and we were growing a family and weekends are precious. Like, especially if both parents are working, um, outside or inside the home, your time is very much divided during the week. And so I wanted to make sure that those Saturdays and Sundays were really dedicated to my family. So I would say that um, as I as I kind of grew in that and kind of reduced the number of weddings that I was doing to kind of account for our growing family, I also started to look at other revenue streams. So that is when, um, right after my son was born, is when I actually signed up kind of, honestly, kind of as a joke, as a beauty counter consultant. <laughs> I um, wanted an opportunity just to get discount on products that I was really loving. And um, I had zero intentions of turning it into any sort of business because in my mind, I had a very successful business. I didn't need anything else on my plate. Um, I had obviously our growing family, which was taking up my time. And um, I had honestly just a lot of stigmas about like network marketing, direct sales, MLM. And I um, wanted to kind of stay away from that. I wanted to protect the integrity of my wedding planning brand. And so um, I signed up just to be able to get the discount. And then I would say a couple months after that, I started to realize that this was a revenue stream that could fit in to everything else that I was doing and help me to diversify a little bit and therefore help my calendar become even more clear because I was um, making more money from that outlet opposed to my, not more money than my weddings, but it was, I was able to reduce the number of events on my calendar and supplement with my beauty counter business. Yes, I love that. And I have so many things I want to dig into there. But first, I want to backtrack and ask, what was your mindset going into your maternity leave with Owen, your first, mm -hmm. compared to your second? Because I, I saw from your yep. social media, it was very different. And I think I had a similar experience with you with yep. my first son, which I only have one. But I didn't really take a maternity leave. I was working up until the day I delivered. And then 
you know, didn't take any time off. And I think that I really saw this beautiful shift in you as a mom and how you changed your work ethic and how you, how you ran your business. So kind of walk us through, because I think it is really scary as a business owner, especially when you're going into your first pregnancy, how to plan a maternity leave. And I know a lot of it is just, you figure it out as you experience it, but what kind of, what was that experience like for you? Oh gosh. So cat, (laughs) (laughs) they were so different. Um, with Owen, I, before going into like, before becoming a mom, you know, like they say you become a mom when you're pregnant, but like, I was not one of those women that had this connection to my baby in the womb. It was honestly, I didn't enjoy being pregnant. It was physically demanding. It wasn't like this beautiful time of life for me. I was so hyper-focused on my business at that time and making sure that it was in a place so that like I could do this juggle balancing act. I think honestly, I don't know who I was trying to prove anything to, but I had this idea in my mind that I needed to do it all before I had any children. I needed to do it all and I could and I was equipped and capable. So when Owen was born, I told all of my clients, he was born in March, which meant it was right before spring wedding season. And as a wedding planner, I can't, though I didn't have a wedding on the books for two months until after he was born, I can't just show up on the day of. Like there's a lot of grunt work that has to happen in the weeks prior to. So with Owen, I took three weeks of maternity leave. And what that looked like was three weeks of not answering emails and not tuning into that, which we know is entirely impossible as business owners. Of course, we're still plugged into our email, no matter no matter how many people we tell we're not. Um, but I was three weeks off of email and I'm using air quotes as I say that. Um, and then the next couple of weeks I shifted back into phone meetings and then by four or five weeks out from having him, I was like back in the game, working with my clients, meeting them at appointments, running around. Honestly, like I felt like I was tossing my kid from like childcare provider to childcare provider just so that I could try to keep up with my workload. It did not feel good to do that. It was very, um, I felt like it was what I was supposed to do for some reason. Um, I thought before going into having my first son, I kind of thought that having a baby was going to be like having a side hustle, which is so ridiculous to say now because we know that's not the case. Um, But I, yeah, I went in and I took three weeks with that one. With Drew, I knew, like I ended up resenting my work after I had Owen. I felt like this is not working. This is not good. I don't enjoy my work as much anymore. And it wasn't because the work wasn't good. It was because I felt so split and my time was so divided. So with Drew, I did. I went in with a very different mindset and I actually gave myself a full maternity leave with Drew. He was born on December 30th. So fortunately that worked out to where it was entering into the slower wedding season. But even still, I opted not to take any events and put any events on my calendar until later this year. So um, I didn't open myself to booking anything until like August. So that was giving me um, a lot of flexibility. So I didn't have to jump back in right away and feel like I was in this rat race again. Um, I do think it, it became this very, like a much different experience. And it was much more like beautiful welcoming my second child in its own way um because i needed i needed more time i have two kids now and still my oldest needs a lot of my attention even though we have a newborn at home and it's a very tricky thing to navigate and i can't be more grateful that i gave that to myself because it's hard and i didn't realize how difficult it would be to kind of expand my family in that way and i needed the space to be able to do that I mean, three weeks. And I, I understand because I only took four weeks, yeah. three weeks 
goes by so fast. I mean, you still aren't clear to even see your doctor until six weeks when you think about it that way. But I personally, in my journey, I didn't feel back to normal, which, you know, honestly now at almost two years, but truthfully around the six month postpartum mark. And so it's so it's, yeah, this is the reality for so many women. And I think a lot of people don't talk about it and it's scary Mm -hmm. and there's just not a lot of resources on it, but I love hearing how you shifted your business to, um, you know, serve you as a mom and just with that new perspective. Um, but I also think that there's a lot of misconception that if you take on less work, you'll make less money. But I think what is so inspiring, and I, I also went through this, but sometimes doing less can lead to more. So Absolutely. I would love to kind of hear not only, um, you know, you obviously made those pivots in your wedding planning business, which was so necessary. I know you've built a team to help support you during those times, but how did starting with Beauty Counter kind of open your eyes to what multiple revenue streams could look like as this in this sure. season of life? Yeah. So I had watched my husband do this in a couple different ways. So my husband actually builds custom homes. So he works in construction as a contractor. But then in addition to that, we have like a cattle farm and we've got um, rental properties and just some different things like that. So I kind of, those are all very stark contrast to like the beautiful weddings and makeup and skincare and things like that, that I partake in. But I had watched how beneficial that was. Like there are times when certain seasons are slower and when you have to lean more heavily into another revenue stream. So for me, um, implementing beauty counter, like I said, at first, I did not have a desire to turn it into a business, but as a businesswoman, I thought that I really needed to at least give myself a chance and look at the compensation plan and see how it worked. Um, I was kind of just intrigued by that. Like how I, I kept hearing about these paychecks, these women were making. I was like, but how, how does that actually come into play? And so I um, looked at the numbers and kind of did some number crunching because I love numbers actually. And, um, I realized very quickly that that could be a strong possibility. Like if, if I did a couple of the, like these things, it would produce these kind of results. And so, um, I kind of started taking it a little bit more seriously. It definitely opened my eyes up to the possibility of, um, more flexible work schedules, the ability to work from my phone, which I enjoy doing to a certain extent. I definitely have to have boundaries with that still, because even when you're like around your kids, you know, that like being glued to your phone all the time is not a healthy thing. And I do struggle with that. Um, and then having my phone in hand, I think it also puts me in a trap of like spending way too much time on social media. Even still though, I found that that business was something that could work into the nooks and crannies of my life. Like a little bit after bedtime, a little bit during nap, a little bit, um, while I'm out on a walk or something like that, just having these conversations with people about cleaner, safer skincare and just seeing what happens with it. Um, my full-time revenue is definitely still coming from the wedding side, but this supplement has continued to grow in times that, um, I didn't have the physical ability to be with my wedding planning clients, AKA just having a baby or, um, in times when we're kind of moving more virtually with a lot of our work, um, just in the current state of like the economy and everything. So it's been, I mean, it's like an insurance policy, if nothing else, like there really wasn't a risk to kind of pouring more into that because all it did was open me up to just more opportunity and kind of not feeling spread so thin, um, with, having to be physically present with my clients. Um, but just allowing me another connection point with them, even after their weddings, which has been really cool. 
Yeah, I think that is so smart, especially now with, you know, life in COVID and as we prepare for what life after COVID will look like. It's something I've also looked at and not necessarily in the network marketing sphere, but how can I add in new revenue streams within my business where I'm working less, it's more passive income, um, creating courses or um, doing, you know, virtual coaching instead of always having to be physically present. And I know it's affected both of our businesses and that events are a huge part of what we do. And there's so much uncertainty still on what that will look like in the future. So I think no matter what it is that you explore, I think now is the time to add another revenue stream to your business. So I think that that's really smart. Absolutely. And I would love to hear your perspective on how you integrated your beauty counter messaging into your social media, into your brand, because you did it in such a beautiful way. I think it felt really organic, not salesy. I think um, your clients still understand that your event business is your full-time career. How did you kind of look at how you could talk about that? Because it can feel icky to some people, but um, I think you leading with the message of cleaner beauty has always been at the forefront. And I just, I think that that is really important to share. Well, I love to hear that you feel like it has been very like authentic and organic. Cause that's my goal. I don't want for people to think, I think that the biggest misconception sometimes with network marketing is that it feels really icky and salesy. And I know that my heart is just to share the message and to help educate. And if sales happen as a byproduct of that, that's amazing. But no skin off my back if somebody wants to continue using another product line. Like, that's fine. I think being in this position where I have another full-time job, like I have another career path, has allowed me to hold a little bit more loosely to this side revenue stream. So I don't depend on that solely as all of my income and therefore become almost like desperate to get sales or to get my message out or to obsess and only talk about that one subject. So I think that that has actually been helpful at keeping this even balance between the two. Um, I would be lying if I didn't say that joining a business like that was very scary to me in the beginning, because I thought my, tr- my true fear about all of this was that if people see that I have joined a business life beauty counter, they are going to think that my wedding planning business isn't doing well. And I was grasping for straws, trying to find some other like get rich quick scheme, which I knew was not the case, but I was afraid that other people were going to interpret it that way. When I realized though, that that hangup that I had was solely based on other people's perceived like or perceptions of me and not any reality it was so freeing just to say like actually people are not thinking about me nearly as much as I think that they are um nor do they really care what it is that I'm doing like I was able to let go of that and then just truly do what I loved and share what I loved and so for me that is sharing about my journey in wedding planning and then also my journey in switching um to cleaner safer options for myself and my family as far as integrating in social media and things like that go, I have always kept the Madison Sanders events brand as its own thing. Like it needs to be its own thing. I don't post like photos of my weddings on my personal page. Um, And then I feel like I personally have my own brand outside of that. Yes, they are integrated. Yes, they are connected. Yes, Madison Sanders was started. Madison Sanders events was started by me. Um, But my personal Instagram account, you will see my kids, you'll see my fitness and workout routines, you'll see my home, you'll see my beauty counter business. My wedding planning business, I want to keep very separate because I think that um, as much as 
I am a part of it, it is still its own brand. Like I've just wanted to protect that and keep it its own. So I think that actually like the way that I've integrated this in my life has been by keeping some separation between the two businesses to allow them to be their own brands and to kind of speak for themselves. Um, Beauty counter fits really well into my personal brand. Um, but I, I don't want to just be the beauty counter girl, if that makes sense. Like I am a multifaceted, multi-passionate entrepreneur. And so I've got a lot of things that I enjoy doing and I want to share about all of those kind of on my terms, on my time. Okay. That was so good. So first of all, I do the same thing. I have my business account, KES Studio is separate from my personal. And when I launched, launched my personal account, I was so scared. I was like, my clients are going to see that I'm sharing my mom struggles, my people that I work with that are potentially going to hire me are going to see who I am as a person. And I was scared of what that would, how that would affect my business because I mm-hmm. really built my brand to be very polished and professional and well curated. Yep. But actually what I saw was people grew this kind of emotional connection to me as a person and actually related mm-hmm. to me more as a business owner when they got to know me, because I think that there is, kind of like an intimidation factor when they don't know who you are and like what your personality is like. So I love that you shared that. And I get this question all the time. Should I have separate accounts um, if I have multiple businesses or if I want to have a personal brand versus a business? And I think that um, that just what you shared is just another reason why that you should keep your business separate if you do plan to have other kind of endeavors. So Um, I love that. I think you have to consider, I think you just have to consider like what type of business you have too. Like if my Madison Sanders event is primarily about the clients that we serve, it's not about me. It's about the weddings that we produce and the clients that we serve. So keeping those separate, we're, were really important. Like I personally am in a different stage of my life than my brides are at this point. When I was early twenties, it probably made way more sense for me to integrate that more. But the reality is I am way more in the throes of potty training and baby feeding and trying to keep my house clean and all of that. Like that is my reality. My professional career is still professional, but separate from that. And I think we can have both of these spheres that we live in, um, but it doesn't mean that they constantly have to blend and overlap for everybody else to see. Like I think people know that when I am on and when I am in my professional space, I am professional, refined, polished, all of those things that I am expected to be as their wedding planner and organized. But I do think it provides them a little bit of comfort to know like, okay, she's also a real person working behind the scenes. And this is what life can look like for us many years down the road when we're still maintaining our professional careers and exploring like our marriages and considering expanding our family. So exactly. You have a complete ideal client for each brand essentially. And so if you started trying to sell beauty counter to your wedding clients, it could have backfired for your business. Yeah. yeah. I found it's interesting after, like after my clients walk down the aisle and their weddings have kind of passed and they're kind of resettling into their life. I mean, beauty counter also can serve a lot of my former brides very well. And so a lot of them are on this journey of trying to like better themselves and focus on health and wellness. And I mean, through their wedding planning journey, they kind of, um, were 
I mean, focusing on health a little bit more maybe than they were before. And so um, I think clean beauty is kind of an extension of that. And I have found that it actually works really well and very seamlessly for me to have that conversation with them after they've walked down the aisle. I want them to know, obviously, like during their wedding planning process, my main focus for them and my like relationship with them is solely founded on their event and making sure that their event is seamless. I don't want to distract from that with anything else that I have going on, but they are normal people just like me after it's all said and done, you know, after the, <laughs> the curtain has closed and we're like moving on to this next phase of our life. And I found that that's allowed me to maintain a relationship with a lot of clients after the fact, because I can now serve them in a very different way um, with products or with education. So yeah. it's been cool how that kind of, they're not, I mean, they're not closely tied, but they do kind of serve the same group, just at different seasons of life. I think that makes so much sense. And I'm curious to know your sales strategy, whether it's acquiring new clients for Madison Sanders or trying to get someone interested in Beauty Counter. It seems like what you're doing right now is just sharing content that's valuable, that is authentic to you, and that just naturally brings in those referrals. Do you have any tips for someone? I feel like sales can be really scary, um, but obviously we need to do it um, now more than ever. So do you have any tips on that? Um, tips for sales. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just being authentic. Like, don't be slimy. And this this applies for both wedding planning and um, any sort of like product based sales. Like, be real with people. I think putting relationships first will serve you well. And so, when trying to acquire a new wedding planning client, I want to get to know them and who they are, what makes them tick, to determine if we are both going to be a strong fit with one another for this process. It's a very highly personal process. So I need to make sure that like we're clicking and there's good chemistry there. When it comes to selling products, like I am really just under, like I, I put it out there and like see what sticks. So I share maybe about my skincare routine. I share about maybe a makeup hack or um, some new product or something like that, that I love. I do not share things that I do not personally love. And I think my followers on Instagram and things know that because I am also very quick to tell you when I'm struggling with something or when something's not working out for me like I really try to keep it real at all times and so I think there's some trust that's been built up with that so when it comes to recommending products I think that my followers know like if she's doing this and she's using it she must really like it she's not going to just share something with us that isn't working because that doesn't again it doesn't serve me well because if I don't if I sell somebody something I don't like it. I can't confidently recommend that to them. It's the same thing in weddings too. Like if I don't necessarily love a vendor's work, I can't confidently match them with a client. So I think relationships are where it's at. Like it's just about making sure that you are transparent, you're real, you're authentic. And um, I mean, just put it out there. And it's kind of like an, if you build it, they will come scenario. Like just stay true to yourself put the message out there, understand too, that you've got to give, give, give before you can expect anything in return. And so creating content, educating constantly, putting out a message before it's going to click for someone. Um, it's, yeah, it's a process. It's not just a, I posted this today and then got five sales from it. That's not how yeah. this works. 100%. I think that we're kind of entering this new age where people are shopping more online. They're shopping more from people that they know, whether it's network marketing, whether it's affiliate sales, like I use reward style. And I can say personally that 
people are more willing to buy when they see you use it, when they see the results or the experience that you've had. If you just throw up a random photo or a graphic that a company sends you, it's probably not going to generate as much interest as if you show like the process or how you use it or how it's changed your life. And so I think that that's super valuable information um, when it comes to sales. And I also want to know just kind of, and I'm sure this is a hard question to answer, but how you balance it all, because you have two kids under two, you have this, you've gone through this health and wellness journey as a new mom, you are running two businesses, like how the heck are you doing this? Your husband is clearly very busy as well. What is, what are some of your tips there? Well, first of all, I am never going to try to fool anyone into thinking that like, I've got it all together because I would be like, I would be straight up lying to you. I, um, I struggle with balance. I really do. I have a lot on my plate and there are balls that drop. So I can't act like that doesn't happen. And I think we would all be kidding ourselves if we tried to act like that didn't happen. Um, I mean, honestly, (laughs) sometimes I don't sleep like I need to. I mean, that's not maybe like the most optimistic answer for people that are listening, but I have trouble sleeping and I don't sleep as many hours as I probably should. I get really into my work. Um, My kids go to bed and then it's like these hours that I now have opened up that are just me when nobody else needs me. And that feels really good. And so I will like watch one too many episodes of Schitt's Creek and play around on Instagram for too long or catch up on emails or do all these other things that finally I feel like I have the freedom to do and I end up staying up too late. And then with that too, I'm also trying to conquer goals with like a wellness journey. And so I'm waking up at the crack of dawn because my kids don't need me at that time either. And so there is something that has to give. I think I learned a few years back that really there are um, some different pillars in our life that all demand our attention. It's like our, our health and our wellness, our friends and our family. So our relationships, our business and our careers, like whatever we're pursuing professionally, um, our sleep, and then like our spiritual health. And at one point in time, you really can only successfully focus on three of those things and do three of those things well. And the other two will kind of be put on the back burner. That's just the reality of it. As women, I think we're told we can do it all. We can do it all. We just can't do it all at the same time. And that's okay. Um, for me, I know my kids come first, like they are 100% like where my priority rests, but sometimes my kids coming first doesn't mean that I slide all of my work off of my plate. It means that I need to find someone who's going to love and care for my kids because I've got to pour into my work because that is going to serve my family best at that time. So for me, I really have to look at this like wide view, like the harmony of our family, the peace of our family, my own health. Like I can't pour from an empty cup. So if I'm not pouring into myself to be able to give to others, like that's not doing anybody any good. I know that you know that very well. Um, I, so I would say like, (laughs) I don't do it all. I can't, I delegate a lot. I have somebody that comes to clean our house once a month. I have people that watch my kids, even though I might work from home and they're there, like it seems silly to hire that. It's not, I need help. I need people to come in and take care of them so that I can take care of these other things. And then when I'm with my kids, I can be fully present with them. Um, but I'm very tired at this point in my life. And, um, I know that it is a season and it'll pass, but it's, yeah, it's not always like rainbows and sunshine over here. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I did not sleep at all last night. Um, I think that there's so much truth in that and so much that 
I think moms need to hear right now because it, it is a season and we need to enjoy it because it does go by so fast. And now for me in this toddler phase, which is super crazy, I look back and miss those newborn snuggles. And I'm like, I did not enjoy that. I was not fully present when I should have been. And I know that hopefully going into, as we grow our family in the future, not now, that yeah. I will appreciate that a little bit more. But I do think that you made so many good points there. And I agree. Like it may look from the outside, like you have it all together. You're achieving everything. Everything is happening. But I have days where one bucket is more of a priority than another. And I just think that I think your point on taking care of yourself and prioritizing your family first is just something that is really important because when those, when that's fulfilled for you, I think that you know, I'd rather be productive for one hour in mm-hmm. work and just get it done. And I feel like my productivity levels have gone up so much as a mom. So I can be fully present and not just right. working all the time. And I think it's right. looking at like, what are you doing during those hours when you're working? Mm-hmm. Are you just scrolling Instagram? Or are you like truly getting things done? Absolutely. Um, and I think the biggest thing, like what was a huge mind shift for me was realizing that yes, with that, like what I said, like your family is your priority that needs to be number one, but that does not mean making yourself a martyr. And it does not mean wearing yourself thin and like completely pouring out all you have into your family. Sometimes putting your family first means stepping away from your family and getting your work done or stepping away from your family and going for a run or going to get the massage or taking the trip by yourself, like whatever like, I think sometimes as women, we get so confused in thinking that we're serving others by exhausting ourselves mm-hmm. and we're serving them best that way. That is so not the case. Um, we have to be able to be like fully ourselves to be able to like, to love our family the way that they need to be loved. So, um, yeah, it doesn't always look like you're just, you know, loving and playing with your kids like all the time. Like that's not really putting them ahead of everything else. Yeah, I feel that so much. I, I mean, I tried to be a stay-at-home mom and a full-time business owner for the first eight months I had Ford, and then I realized I need help. And once I asked for help and I let help in, it really changed how I felt, how I, I mean, in so many facets of my life. So I think that asking for help is scary. It's a conversation you have to have with your partner. It's a conversation you have to have with yourself. And it's okay to make those investments, even if they're small, because I think it really does pay off in the end. So absolutely. I mean, I do, I do. I like to ask for help. Um, or I don't like to ask for help. (laughs) I've learned to ask for help is what I'm trying to say. I've learned to ask for help, but it still is a process. It's still really hard, even though I need, I know that I need to do that. Um, there is just something about us that's wired to believe that we've got to try to figure it out on our own. And so I really fight every day against that to just remember that, we don't have to, like we have a village and we have a community for a reason. I think if nothing else, this like coronavirus situation has really taught us the importance of community and the importance of like having people to help us and to support us and encourage us. Um, because when that was all pulled away, we realized just how much we needed that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that could be a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> um, I want to just wrap it up really quick. If you have any other, you know, tips, resources, do you have any favorite apps or um, any tools that have helped you as a business owner? I'd love for you to share that. And then if you could also just share where people can follow you on your journey. 
Absolutely. Well, this has been so fun. Um, as far as apps go, I mean, I absolutely just live off of my iPhone, iCalendar. Um, my husband and I have to do that to maintain our households. That's what we do everything from like meal prepping on there or meal planning um, to, hey, I'm going to be working late this night. Like anything that we do goes on the calendar. And that's just a simple thing. Everybody already has that pretty much built into their phone. So um, I have just found that paper planners and things don't work as well for me. I have to be able to have it at my fingertips. Um, and then as far as where to find me, um, you can find my business, Madison Sanders Events, at madisonsandersevents.com. You can also find us on Instagram, at Madison Sanders Events. And then my personal page is at Maddie Reed Sanders, R-E-I-D Sanders. And um, that is where you're going to find more of my beauty counter, clean beauty journey, fitness journeys, um, playing with my kids, and then um, just any other personal goings on in my life. So thank you so much, Kat. This was Yay. awesome. Thank, thank you for me. joining me. You shared so much great information. I have loved following your journey. We've known each other for several years and I just can't oh. wait to see where you go because I feel like you're always on to the next thing. So thank you for your time today. And I know you have two littles to get back to. So I, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Midwest Mompreneurs. I'm your host, Katherine Snellen, and I appreciate you so much. Let's keep the conversation going on social media. You can follow me on Instagram at the Catherine Elise.